Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Forever. Dog. I used to think that this was my town. What a stupid thing to think. I hear you biting off a brain now. I myself am on the brain. I used to want to be a real man. I don't know what that even means. Now I just want you in my arms again. What's up, 3Bs? What's up, Diamond Dogs? What's up, Athletic Gerbils? It's Rhea Butcher here, the host of this year's podcast, Three Swings. Thanks for granting me that bye week last week. I just needed it. Got to take a bye week sometimes. You're on the IL. Look, I'm trying to remember to call it that. It's tough, but fantasy baseball definitely helps. I hope everybody's having a wonderful week. Um, I've been having doozies of some weeks. I just turned 37 this week. And I got to say, for the first time in a while, I was like, all right, bring it on. (laughs) I didn't feel terrible about it. Um, not that I felt like super terrible about it before, but I don't know. I just, birthdays are always such a, I don't know. I didn't like them. I loved them and I didn't like them. Very difficult understanding my part in that, you know, going to figure that out. But, uh, yeah, turned 37, had a wonderful time. A friend of mine got me almost 20 pounds of gummy candy, which if you know me and my stand up, I love that shit. And like, I don't know what I'm going to do with it. It's literally in a suitcase. She got me... I'll, and I can tell you who it is. It's uh, Arwen Nix, producer of the wonderful podcast, The Big One, which if you haven't listened to that, um, you should. Especially if you live in Southern California or California in general, you should listen to it. It's it's a wonderful podcast. She is a wonderful podcast producer. It's not on Forever Dog, but Forever Dog is a wonderful podcast network who just loves making podcasts and they don't care if I talk about someone else's podcast. So you should definitely listen to the big one if you haven't already. But she got me the big one, which is a suitcase full of gummy candy. There's so much in it that I didn't even realize there was more in like the top flap of the suitcase uh, until I saw photos from that night. (laughs) And then I opened it up and kind of went through it. And there is a five pound bag and a 10 pound bag. Then on top of that, additional small bags. Um, And I then took two bags to the movies with me, which I know is illegal, but look, it was... Come on. I have given a lot of money to movie theaters. I bought popcorn. The popcorn was atrocious. It was bad. I I really dislike that. And look, it's a champagne problem. It's a non-alcoholic champagne problem. But I... Come on. 
I know it was a Tuesday, a Tuesday night at 7.35, but I can't get hot popcorn in the movies. It's the only thing you serve. It's the only item on the menu that's supposed to be hot. I'm sorry. Turn the lamp back on. Anyway, uh, and I ate way too much of it. I ate like almost a whole bag of frogs. And to all you vegetarians out there, you're going to give me shit because there's gelatin in it. It's already purchased. What am I going to do? Throw it in the trash? That, to me, at this point in my life, just feels like a waste. Like, I, you know, I try to eat vegan often. I'm a vegetarian. Like, I straight up, unless I have a health crisis, which is possible given that I have a suitcase full of gummy candy, (laughs) Um, unless I have a health crisis because I've been through a health crisis with a person who was raised vegetarian and very, like, strict vegetarian who then had to straight up start eating meat because it was the only way she could survive. Um, she was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, not type 2, type 1 diabetes in her late 20s. And she had to start eating meat, uh, because she was choosing to, uh, you know, um, monitor, survive, whatever, live with her diabetes in a way that didn't line up with, uh, you know, Western medicine, um, cause it's def, it's like not healthy the way that we deal with diabetes necessarily in America. And so what she was doing was watching what she ate so that she could keep her insulin intake to a monitored level so that she could try to save her pancreas. Anyway, did you come to this baseball podcast to learn about diabetes? You probably didn't, but that's why I make this podcast because it's not really only about baseball. It's about a lot of shit and like popcorn. They serve popcorn at baseball, so it's relatable. But uh, anyway, I just don't think I'm ever going to eat meat. And like she had to start eating meat and I fully respected that. And like I had been vegan and I was eating eggs and cheese because that was like something she could eat, you know? Um, And there was a time that I thought I was maybe going to eat meat because she did and I didn't, I just didn't end up doing it. But um, anyway, my whole point was I just don't think I'm ever going to eat meat in my life. I've never eaten it. And at this point, my relationship to it is a lot less of, I want to die with the most days of never eating meat, you know, because that's how I kind of used to approach it. My grandmother had this, like, uh, I don't know, kitschy plaque fake cross stitch by her desk that said, she who dies with the most fabric wins. And I think that got in there at a very early age that, like, accumulation of, of time or accumulation of is, like, this big badge of honor and then the people that I hung out with who were also either vegetarians or vegans, that was kind of their approach. You know, like how many, how long, like you were somehow a better vegan because you'd been vegan longer, you know? And like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm i not going to say you're not a vegan because, of, but I just don't understand that the method of like, I mean, it, it applies to baseball fandom. It applies to fandom because essentially what it is, is fandom of the thing as opposed to a genuine experience or not genuine, but like first hand experience or just, Hey, this is who I am. And that's kind of what matters. Like if somebody's vegan today, they're vegan today. I don't really care if they were when they were in third grade, they probably weren't. Cause that's not really the culture that we're in. And like, am I going to dismiss their experience today simply because in 1996, they weren't vegetarian or vegan? Like, no, I just happen to have a parent who just made that decision for me, you know? Like, that is the truth. She made that decision for me, just like parents make the decision to feed their children meat. And she 
was kind enough to say when I was a kid because, like, once I was out of the house in a general way, um, you know, I started being exposed to other people and the way they ate and the things that they did. And, and marketing and advertising is strong, especially to kids. And, like, I wanted to eat Chicken McNuggets when I was, like, you know, six or seven or something. And she was like, all right, look, when you are 13, you can make that decision. But until then, I'm making that decision. And we're not eating that. And so I didn't. And then by the time I got to 13, I didn't want to eat that stuff anymore. And I didn't want to eat meat. And um, I don't know. I guess I'm just, like, lucky. I'm I'm grateful for that. Like, I'm grateful for that to be my experience I also think, you know, had I tried it, you know, I have many friends who are raised vegetarian and that's around the age that they were like, all right, I'm doing this. It's like the Alex P. Keaton of it all or like that's the rebellion is to go eat meat, you know, the opposite of the vegetarian kid and the, you know, conservative or like red meat family or whatever. Um, But I just didn't, you know, Um, I was doing other things. So I guess I didn't feel like I needed to eat meat. But uh yeah, I just, this is related to gummy bears in that th- there was one thing that I used to sneak, which was jello, because my grandmother ate it and then it was at the buffet. And I just like, it's such a fascinating food. And it's also highly disgusting to me. Also, sorry if you enjoy it, whatever. I'm not trying to yuck your jello, but it was a thing that I was like, it, it's gelatin is like in so many things for kids. And like, I would just eat it. I would just eat marshmallows or marshmallow cereal or whatever. And so now fast forward to today, I have a suitcase full of gummy bear candy that I could either spend, you know, a year giving away, which I probably will. Cause it's a shit. It's a lot of candy. It's a lot of candy to have in my house. And it's very dangerous. <laughs> I have the potential to eat all of it in a day. But, I, I mean, I ate that bag of frogs in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I, did, I didn't like. And if you liked it, good for you. Uh, and it made me so sick. And so I came home and was just like, I literally just had like a bellyache. And was like, you can't eat this much candy. So, I mean, it's shocking that I've only eaten a bag and a half at this point. Um almost a week from receiving it. Sunday will be a week. So I feel like I'm doing a great job. But that's all related to the meat stuff and the leather stuff. Like, I, you know, I attempt to not purchase leather, but there are things like shoes that I do buy that are leather because it's all getting made. And I've had the same pair of boots for six years now. And I have not bought enough. I have two pairs of boots. One of them I'm going to need to get rid of because they... They don't fit, and every time I wear them, I get a huge blister on my foot, and I go, why do I keep wearing these things? And then six months goes by, and I wear them again. Um, And I wore them walking through Golden Gate Park alone in San Francisco (laughs) over the weekend when I was at the Outside Lands, Um, which I've told people this, and they have lost their shit at me, that I walked through Golden Gate Park alone at night. I mean, it was nighttime. It was dark. It was also beautiful. And I was lucky enough to get some amazing photographs. I love taking photos. It's one of my favorite things. I wanted to go to college for it. And then for whatever reason, I don't know, I didn't want to take professional photography or what I wanted to take the easiest route to get a degree. Not that what I did was easy. It's just like, I didn't want to have to do hard classes. I wanted to show up and I wanted to do what I wanted to do and then go home. And hey, okay, that's what I did. But uh, I really like taking photographs. So if you like looking at photographs, go to my Instagram and they're posted. Uh, I, I 
put a bunch of them in one thing, how you can do that. Um, and it was just like, honestly, like a wild transcendent experience because I am telling you, there was no one in the park. There was one point where there are two dudes very far away from me at on like a, a statue, like sitting at the base of it. And that was it. And it was a, a 45 minute walk. And I think the unfortunate thing is that they swept the park because outside lands was happening, so there were no like no people that lived there. Um, but the good side of that is, I don't know, I walked through there and I didn't get killed. So uh, anyway, that was a wild experience to do. And I, I wasn't scared the whole time. And there, there was the potential for people to be in there at every moment because I have no idea if that is actually true. I'm just guessing that it, the park was swept before that happened. And I had seen a baseball game happening on my way in. And so then, you know, it was like a little league or high school or something. And then, so then to walk back through and see the nighttime with no one there was like, it was a pretty wild, like sort of bookended experience. But uh, yeah, I just, you know, I don't, and, and I could apply this sort of theory or like way of living or just like outlook that I have on like leather and, certain foods and stuff that um and being vegan is the best way to live in in terms of like consumption these days because you know the we uh the globe is warming and so the best dietary action is vegan and that's just absolutely true however my existence becoming so strained and and like emotionally fraught because I have difficulty with food stuff. I don't, I spent my life having to talk to everybody about my dietary restrictions as a child. Um, and like, this is something that I'm okay with now, but it means I have to not be vegan. Like, that's just the way it is for me, you know? Um, and so... I don't really get into the comparing time and comparing who's done it longer. And like, I respect it. I respect your time. So you should respect mine and my decision to be, or you should, but that doesn't mean you're going to. Um, and I just think I, I try to buy mindfully, you know, like I, I buy these things mindfully. I don't like, you know, willy nilly purchase things that I don't need, you know, a bunch of leather shoes, a bunch of leather jackets, a bunch of like, I've had the same Levi's leather belt, since I lived in Chicago and I moved out of there in 2012. So, you know, like I've had the same Levi's leather belt that was $30 that I bought, I don't know, at the Levi's store on State Street. I've had that thing, which I lost at the LAX airport and got back. It's possible. You know, like how many, I don't know, points is that, you know, in the grand scheme of all this? I've had the same pair of Red Wings for six years I bought a black pair that don't fit I should get rid of them to somebody that can wear them they're in my closet whatever uh I've had the same car since 2006 which has leather seats that I did not choose but it was the car that I could buy that I and I bought it then and I've had it since I left Ohio and so to me I don't say these things to brag I say these things to go Look at the ways in which you're consuming things. And to me, having the same car since 2006, which is a car that was built in 2000, I bought it in 2006, I've had it since 2006, is pretty up there with the amount of eggs that I eat. You know, like it just is. So I think 
we're all doing okay. And as long as you're doing the best that you can in the day that you have, you're doing the best that you can. And like, if somebody's mission is to make you feel like you're not doing the best that you can, they're not doing the best that they can. And also that's their thing. And you can just let them go and they can go be something else. And so I say all this to, to talk about like, I don't know. I just, I just found it. So my birthday is August 12th, right? My birthday is August 12th, 1982. I already told you I'm 37. It doesn't really matter that you know the year. And I was trying to not be on the internet too much on my birthday. I try to not be on the internet too much in general. So you'll see me like tweet in spurts and then be like, why am I? I don't need to talk about deep fakes. So I was on Twitter for my birthday a little bit. I just like happened to hop on and the Dodgers tweeted a birthday and I was like, oh, cool. Which Dodger do I share a birthday with? And it was Julio Urias. And I was like, God damn it. And it just got me thinking, you know, I I think about it's a thing that we've talked about on this podcast a lot. And I'm sure that I've had differing opinions about all of it. But, you know, I don't I'm not stoked to share a birthday with that guy. And that's probably not going to change because, like, that was gross. And I also know, you know, that the Dodgers, which are honestly at this point my team, which is like, what? What? I don't know. They're a team that, like, they're a clubhouse. They're a organization. I'll put it that way. They're, because I feel like there are a lot of, there are good dudes on that team. Like, Kike seems, seems like a good dude. I've he- heard nothing but good things about him. Cody seems like a decent guy. Justin Turner seems like a decent dude. Corey Seager seems like a decent guy. Do we have differing political opinions? Probably. Do we vote the same way? Probably not. But could we find some common ground and treat each other with mutual respect? Seems like it. And like, that's kind of what's important right now today, you know? Um, But Julio Urias, as we've talked about on this show, you know, pushed his girlfriend in public. Or grabbed her arm or whatever it was. And then she dropped the charges. And I don't know her full story. There's video. I haven't seen it. Um, I think my biggest takeaway from that is like, I've been thinking a lot about, you know, I do think that people are redeemable. I think that kind of every act is potentially redeemable. However, it's redeemable based on your actions after the fact, you know, it's based on the actions of the person who perpetrated or caused harm for them to like, you know, make an attempt to at anything, you know, an attempt to apologize or, or mend or like say like, or like acknowledge their behavior as opposed to just like, I'm going to try to get out of this and squeak away as clean as possible, which is what it seems like happened with Julio Urias and the Dodgers. Like, They'd much rather just go like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, oh, we, ooh, yes, we're taking a look at it. And then just, like, not do anything? That's what's a bummer for me. Like, do I think that that guy's, like, a huge piece of shit and she should never touch? It's like, no, I I don't think necessarily. I don't know. I do think he's somebody that got away with shitty behavior, which sucks. And the thing is, when you look at it, we we saw the shitty behavior. It was described. It was talked about. It went around. People know about it. But nobody knows about, like, oh, so what did he do? He just went back to baseball. That's it. So, like, 
even for his benefit as a human being, it would be positive to see some of the good behavior that isn't just getting back on the mound. Because it just creates this dynamic where, like, shitty behavior, then the woman backs off, then the triumphant return to the mound. And, like, it's just gross. And, like, I don't think that's what most people want to see. But we don't even know it, you know? So, anyway, and I'm not saying, like, look, you can be upset with me for saying that I think that, I mean, like, all acts are, are... potentially redeemable they truly are because if they aren't then none are you know and you can't that doesn't it's not good for your heart to think that there are things that are irredeemable and that doesn't and i i don't mean that like oh it's fine to do whatever that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is on the other side of it if you try if you put a genuine if you put forth a genuine attempt after shitty behavior terrible behavior horrific horrific behavior I mean, that's the whole thing. That's the whole thing. Because then what? My shitty behavior is not redeemable. I, 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 I don't want to live on an earth where if I, if I cause harm, I'm irredeemable. You know? That, and that, I may, I'm saying this in very vague... T- I'm not using specific terms because I know that I have in my life. There are times in my life that I have. And so I have to work towards making that better, you know, not for me, for somebody else, which then makes life better for me. And if that doesn't exist for someone, then it doesn't exist for anyone. And that's scary to me. It really is. And like, I I could give you examples, but I don't want to get into all of them because then this could get parsed out. But it's like, we've seen people that you know the 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 conversation is oh this was so so this person can never do their job again and this person has to be cast out as it no but they haven't done anything to not be so i can see why you jump to that because like that's what you're afraid of being cast out for your behavior and like yeah it's possible but your behavior has to change so anyway, this is very vague because I don't want to be like called out for whatever. But um, anyway, that's what's on my mind today. That's a solid 20 minute intro to my baseball podcast. Uh, didn't even get into fantasy. I'll just mix, intermix it with the other shit. We'll be right back after this with some more baseball talk. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
Hey, what's up, everybody? Now I'm going to get into the baseball stuff. I mean, I talked about Julio Urias, so that's cool. But uh, I wanted to tell you all about, before we get into baseball, I just want to let you all know that I am touring coming up very soon. Uh, like I said, I was just in San Francisco for Outside Lands. That was a lot of fun. But I'm going to be in Salt Lake City, Utah on the 5th of September at Wise Guys Comedy Club. And then the day after that, I'll be at the 208 Comedy Fest at the Knitting Factory in Boise, Idaho. That's Friday the 6th of September. And then on Sunday the 8th, I'll be at the XOXO Festival at Revolution Hall in Portland, Oregon. That is a cool festival about people who make stuff on the internet. And I'm going to give a talk. I'm not going to do stand-up, but I do guarantee it's going to be funny. And then Thursday, September 12th, I'll be at the North Door in Austin, Texas. And Friday the 13th, I'll be at the Secret Group in Houston, Texas. And Saturday the 14th, I'll be at the Howlin' Wolf in New Orleans, Los, An- Los Angeles, Louisiana. It's L.A. Uh, and then Sunday the 15th of September, I'll be at the Ready Room in St. Louis, Missouri. And I'll be returning to the High Plains Comedy Festival on Thursday, September 26th through that weekend. And there might be a live version of what you're listening to right now. So please go to riobutcher.com slash live dates slash and get tickets for all of those shows and more are being added soon. Also, if you're a Toronto listener, the date is being rescheduled and that is not on me um, this time. It has nothing to do with my schedule. It just was booked incorrectly so we're working on getting a new date it might be in 2020 which stinks and i hear you and i'm not happy about it either but that's what happens when you do live performance sometimes so on to baseball which is a live performance in and of itself let's get into it uh my fantasy baseball team has lost i think four in a row uh i think at this point I'm done. The season is probably over for me. Not going to make the playoffs. That's okay. I dropped Raphael Devers and he's having an MVP second half. What are you going to do? The season of the home run marches on on Thursday night alone. Cody Bellinger wearing high pants, by the way, and Mike Trout both hit their major league leading 40th home runs. Mets First baseman Pete Alonso tied the NL rookie record with his 39th home run of the season. And Bryce Harper hit a walk-off grand slam into the second deck of Citizens Bank Park to beat the visiting Cubs. Not going to lie, I loved it. So Brett wants to know if I've gotten bored of home runs yet and if the juice ball controversy hurts the integrity of the sport or is this still fun? Yes, it's still fun. You still have to be able to hit a home run to hit a home run. And that's just my bottom line on all of this. I think, you know, if you if you haven't gotten into the juice ball controversy, please go back a couple episodes and listen to my interview with Dr. Meredith Wills and her, her uh tests, physics tests that she put on the balls. Like it's 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 wild. The conversation has become so flat around the ball at this point. You know, that it's not nuanced and just like we just say the balls are juiced, the balls are juiced because it's like, well, the dudes used to be juiced, which just like side note, the dudes are still juiced. Uh, Now we're like, oh, the balls are juiced. So, dude, the you it's do you know how hard it is to hit a hundred mile an hour fastball and the way Bryce Harper hit that grand slam? It's still difficult. The thing is, the difficulty on both sides of the equation cranks up, cranks up, cranks up, cranks up, cranks up. 
And like, I don't think it's hurt the integrity of the sport. What I think has hurt the integrity of the sport is $50 ticket prices and blackout times. And I can't watch, I can't watch Cleveland play the Los Angeles angels in Cleveland because I live in Los Angeles. That has hurt the integrity of the sport a lot more than the goddamn juiced baseballs. And it's just the way they're being produced. And do I think that the MLB has a hand in the way that they're being produced? Absolutely, I do. They own Rawlings now. Like, of course they have a hand in it. Is it different? Yeah. It's always been like this, though, to some degree. So, I don't know, man. I like watching Cody Bellinger hit home runs because I feel like I'm getting to watch Ted Williams. So that's pretty wonderful. Pete Alonso, I mean, what the hell? These guys are doing unfathomable things. And they still have to hit the ball. Like, you know, Garrett Cole's pitching really well. Steven Strasburg until the other day was pitching pretty well. Like, these guys are still, like, unhittable. It's not like it's not like they're lobbing it in there. And also, if they were, we wouldn't be getting home runs like this. We're also getting home runs like this because most major league pitchers, their fastball range is, what, 96 to 101. And I'm going very high on the end there because whatever. But fastballs are in the upper 90s. Fastballs are averaging out almost 100 miles an hour. So that's also why we're getting a lot of home runs because the velocity of the ball is coming in a lot harder. So they're hitting a ball that's coming at them harder. It's going to go harder. I like it. I don't care. You know, like they'll make adjustments. Next year will be different. This year? Is the year of the home run ball. Okay. I'm I'm into it. I'm personally tired of disliking things. I just am. I dislike things that are objectively dislikable. But a bunch of home runs is not objectively dislikable. I like to watch situational hitting, too. That's the thing I miss. I miss it. But it comes back every now and then. Raphael Devers had a 6-for-6 night with, what, four doubles? He didn't have a 6-for-6 home run night. He had a 6-for-6 with the most doubles. Doubles are situational hitting. Doubles are ideal. That's scoring position. Take away the double play. That's good shit. That stuff is still happening. So the home run has not, like, fascistized the sport. I was just watching Bull Durham the other night, and I put it on, and I only got to, I don't, I got to the, the the fascist stri- uh, strikeouts are fascist conversation. That movie's from 1987. So what? You want a bunch of strikeouts as opposed to home runs? What do you want? What do we want? We want baseball. What's happening? Baseball. I don't care. Tired of it. I don't like the shift. I'm allowed to not like it, but it doesn't mean that I think the baseball's over. I don't like what no situational hitting because of the shift. Okay, well. They've figured out a way around the shift. So the shift is going to break soon. So it won't happen anymore. Or to the degree that it does. But I like baseball, man. I like it. So it changes. It's been different the whole time. I don't want to dislike things anymore. So that's how I feel about it. Let's move on to the Astros pitching. Zach Granke is 2-0 and since joining the Astros, riding his high-powered offense to an 11-6 win last week against the visiting Rockies despite giving up five earned runs in six innings and dominating the White Sox in six solid innings this past Tuesday as the Astros rolled 6-2. Acquired in a blockbuster trade with the Arizona Diamondbacks last week, the 35-year-old right-hander joins all-star Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole to round out the best rotation in baseball. With Tuesday's win, Granke improved to 12-4, 
with a 3.0 earned run average in 25 starts this season. And on Saturday, August 4th, four Astros pitchers, Aaron Sanchez, Will Harris, Joe Biagni, and Chris Davinsky combined for a no-hitter in a 9-0 victory over the Mariners. I mean, watch out for the Astros. They're rolling. And Yuli Gurriel has hit, what, 19 home runs in the last 20 games or some shit like that? I mean, look, if I was going to make an outsized prediction for who's going to end up in the ALCS, I'm sorry, I'm going to say Astros-Cleveland because it's unpredictable this year. That's who I think. But, you know, Yankee fans, Red Sox fans, Tampa Bay Ray fans, myself included, are mad at me for saying that. But... That's what I would want to see right now. If the playoffs were tomorrow, that's what I, those are. That's the matchup I would want to see. Not because I like Cleveland, but because that's who I would want to see run into each other right now. That's what I like. So watch out for the Astros pitching, and I mean their offense just doesn't stop. So watch out for that. And speaking of not stopping, the Dodgers have some injury wo- woes that we definitely need to address. Meanwhile, with Houston on the rise in the AL, the NL's best team all season, the Dodgers are struggling through some late-season injury troubles. Now, I was just thinking every time somebody would say, Dodgers looking good to me, because I live in Los Angeles, people talk about the Dodgers, I would be like, let's see how their August goes, because they usually tank in August. And they're not tanking, they're just, like, hurt, you know? So it's like one way or another, the Dodgers always have a terrible August. Uh, Last week, the Dodgers placed rookie outfielder Alex Verdugo, one of my favorite players this season, on the injury list with an oblique strange. Strange? Strain. Verdugo is batting uh, 294, 342, and 475. What a slash line. And will likely see his IL stint extend beyond 10 days as the Dodgers say they are taking their time with his recovery. They've got plenty of outfield options. Uh, Verdugo joins position players Kike Hernandez, Chris Taylor, David Fries, A.J. Pollock, and Jed Giorko, a recent pickup on the IL, and their pitchers Rich Hill, Ross Stripling, and Cy Young candidate Hinjun Ryu have also spent varying stints on the IL. Um, What has to happen for the Astros and the Dodgers to get back to the World Series this year? And I think that, I mean, everybody else has to lose is what's got to happen. I know that sounds incredibly straightforward, but sometimes that's what has to happen. Sometimes you just have to be blessed with a big lead and watch other people lose. I mean, the Cleveland has climbed back and is now in first place over the Twins, right? I mean, people were like, I don't know, the Twins have got it all locked up. And like, I kind of tended to agree, but I mean, they've made it. Oh, they're tied. They're a half a game back, so I apologize. I don't do the research for this show. I just generally know things, and I didn't know things. But, like, look, it's a big old tie. That's the only competitive uh, division in the AL, by the way, which is incredibly funny and wild. And then the Central, the Central division in both leagues is the only competitive division. How fucked up is that sorry I try not to say that word too much on this podcast because I like I try not to say that word too much these days but like that speaks that to me is what dents the integrity of the game is how much like I understand this is a capitalist society you got to make money I'm not out of my mind so much that this is all not for profit I've hit that drum enough times you might as well call me John Adams from Cleveland but like That is what ruins the integrity. How much money are they making? 
and there are teams that are 13, 26 games back. Like, that's in 28 games back, 35 games back, 41 games back. It's not even, they're not even playing in the same, like, what is the point of that? You know, and like, that to me is the monopolizing of the sport of baseball. That is what is evident in those numbers to me, is that we don't even have access we don't even have access, you know? We don't have... A- like, I can't watch the Angels play in Cleveland. I also can't go... There's no minor league team that I can make it to without it being, like, an hour-long drive to get to them. There's there's no independent base... Uh, my baseball league... I mean, there's some rec leagues out here. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm misspeaking and misrepresenting Los Angeles to not say that there's not rec leagues and stuff like that that I can go watch... But, like, there's no... I can't just go watch some, like, professional amateurs or whatever play baseball. There's no independent leagues that are, like, a step down from minor leagues. Like, look, man, I I don't mean to... shit. Like, you're 30, 41 games out. What are you doing? What league are you playing in? You might as well take these teams out and just make another league. Uh, that's what they should be doing. But what they're doing is tanking so that they can just build revenue and then maybe shoot for the world series in what 10 20 30 years what kind of what kind of a sports league is that that's not competition none of this is competition and so what are we participating in what are these players participating in i can't why would you want to go to your job like that kid i don't remember his name that like signed to japan or whatever because he can go play now he can go be a professional now Instead of be like Chris Bryant or Vlad or whoever else and be held down just to get two years out of you and not pay you a little bit more money. Like, it's fucked up. It's fucked up. It's gross and I don't like it. And I I spent this whole podcast talking about how I don't want to dislike things. I don't want to dislike this. That's why I'm talking about it. Allow me access to your goddamn thing. Make it accessible. I shouldn't have to pay $200 a month to watch the local sports team play baseball. I shouldn't. My only options shouldn't be radio or $200. Those should not be my only options. I like the radio. But this is supposed to be a free market. Why can't I see it? It's ridiculous. So anyway, support your local baseball league, especially if there's a women's one or co-ed or whatever. We'll be right back, and I'll talk about the Mets after this. (laughs) So, in things that I like, the Mets have turned it around hardcore. Many were expecting a Mets fire sale as the trade deadline approached with pitchers Zach Wheeler and Noah Syndergaard, the subject of multiple trade rumors. But instead, the Mets held steady, and now they've gone 22-9 and since the All-Star break, the best record in the NL during that stretch. As recently as early July, the Mets were 11 games under 500, had the second-worst record in the NL, and everyone, including me on three swings, was talking about a net, another med season that had gone off the rails, but I am happily to, happily proven wrong often. But now, behind NL batting leader Jeff McNeil, who also just went on the 10-day, he's been on and off the 10-day DL, which is why, or IL, excuse me, 
which is why like he's such a like I fantasy he's driving me crazy in fantasy uh rookie of the year candidate Pete Alonso and a stellar pitching staff that leads the majors with a 2.56 earned run average since the break the Mets are now three games over 502 games back in the wild card race However, the competition only gets tougher from here. After this weekend, the Mets play 25 games in a row against teams that entered Friday with a winning record. Is the Mets resurgence for real, and are the Mets a legit playoff contender? I'll take the second question first. Yes. Even though they are playing teams with a winning record, do you know how much morale works for you? Do you know how much being in the basement and feeling like shit can, can do for you in baseball? Watch Bull Durham, man. It's all 95% mental, you know? It really matters. Like, do you, it, coming in with a winning record, does that mean as much as coming in with a 22-9 and nine streak after you've been 11 under 500? Yeah, those seem pretty competitive to me. Do I think, are they a legit contender? Yes. Are they going to do it? I don't know. It's hard for me to say at this point. However, they're legit. Their biggest impediment at this point is their goddamn manager. Why you would pull Steven Matz after seven, 79 pitches and he pit, he hit and run the bases? Like, I guess this is why I'm just like, when, when, you know, I'm doing air quotes, men on the internet, I don't include people who listen to this podcast because you guys are listening to this podcast, so you're not, this is not your mindset, but like, I don't know, shitty dumb people on the internet saying like, women can't coach or play baseball because softball? Like, No. Mickey Calloway sh- shouldn't be a manager because he's a pitching coach. Like, that's a pitching... Co- also, that's crazy to do as a pitching coach. But, like, men make mistakes all the time. So, like, just because blah, 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 blah doesn't mean blah, 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 blah. Like, that's a huge that's a huge baseball mistake. I would never do that. I would never do that. I would never do that! And probably everybody listening to this podcast would never do that. It's like... It's the most bonkers move. And then they lost the goddamn game. So whatever. He's their biggest impediment now. Um, and I, I just, you know, they're exciting. to. They look like they're having fun playing baseball. So I think the resurgence is for real. I don't know how long they hang on to it. But I'm excited to watch, you know. And speaking of surprises, we've got some surprising stats leaders to round out the episode. We've got DJ LeMayhew. Yankees second baseman also got him in my categories lead league and he's helped me get to I think I'm tied for first place in my categories league so I I'm crushing it in one and just totally failing in the other um and the amount that I've done well in my points league has made me feel fantastic given that I drafted auto draft and got possibly the worst draft of all time except for the fact that I got Devers and dropped him because I was like I can't wait I should have waited, but whatever. It's fine. Um, he leads the AL in batting average with three three thirty eight. LeMahieu's career average is three oh two, which is high, and he hit three forty eight in two thousand sixteen with the Rockies. But he has been on a season by season decline then, hitting two seventy six last year. But he's just a hit machine for the Yankees. I mean, wonderful. I love it. Love to see it. And speaking of my mistakes, Raphael Devers, who is the Red Sox third baseman, leads the AL in RBI with 94. In his previous two seasons, Devers hit 30 and 66 RBI respectively, and he's also batting 327 this year after batting 284 and 240 the last two seasons. Uh, And then moving into pitching, we've got Hinjun Ryu, 
the Dodgers starting pitcher, who I had and dropped because I was worried about injuries. He leads the majors in ERA with 145, which also just think of like how baseball continues to be different that like we were seeing ERAs under sub one ERA in what, 2015 and 2016. So fascinating, right? Yeah, it's the juice ball. It's also like these things have to ebb and flow. They can't just stay the same all the time. And his career ERA is 2.89, but he's only been under three for a season once before. Last year, when he threw for a 197 ERA in an injured shortened season, 15 games altogether. And then we've got Kirby Yates, the Padres relief pitcher, which this was a big shocker. Uh, leads the majors with 33 saves. His previous season high was 12 saves last season with the Padres. That speaks to opportunity also, I would say. Uh, before that, he was used primarily as a middle reliever with the Angels, Yankees, and Rays, never notching more than one save per season and earn, earning an ERA as high as 5.25 in 2016 and 7.97 in 2015. It's I wonder what some offense can do for you. I mean, they're still the Padres. They're still not winning the division, but they're winning games, which is like if you can't win the game, if you can't win the division, win some games for your fans, you know? Um, so those are team other teams that I like that uh, the Rays are giving it a shot and the Padres are at least investing now and trying to win some games now. I mean, they took some games from some exciting games from the Dodgers and they've got exciting people to watch. So, like, that's the thing. Like, put on your entertainment. Do your job. And I'm not talking to the players. I'm talking about the management. Do your job. Hire good talent. Now, not 10 years from now. People want to watch stuff now. You're going to lose your fan base. It's not robot umps, and it's not clocks. It's we want to watch them win now, and we need to be able to afford it. So... I want to like things. Like things along with me. I had some Virgil's root beer recently. Highly recommend. Accessible via Whole Foods, which is an evil corporation. But, like, look, I'm doing my best. Um, so that's my short RB, RB review. Virgil's, good stuff. Like I said, I'll be touring. I would love for you to come see me on my newly minted Good Things tour, trying to bring some good things to people. Um, so come on out to those shows. I listed all of them in the previous segment, but I'll be in Austin, Houston, Salt Lake City, New Orleans, St. Louis, Portland, uh, Boise, which I love Boise. Um, so come out and see me. And I'm going to be in Sacramento in November and D.C., in December and that Toronto date is going to be rescheduled. So thanks for hanging in there kittens. And, uh, Hey, if you like this podcast and you have friends who don't like baseball and they're like put off by the baseball of it, let them know that it's not about that only. And let them know that it's about thoughts and hearts and minds and stuff. Just give them a shot, a shot, give them a shot, give them a shout. Uh, you know, let somebody know about the podcast, want to keep growing it. And, uh, the live show opportunity is really cool and I'm looking forward to it. Um, and yeah, keep listening and follow us on all the social media stuff. And, uh, yeah, you know, send me some rosin bag questions for next week. I'd love to answer some questions, give you some advice and it doesn't just have to be baseball. It can be other stuff. Please send me questions about other stuff. Please send me questions about other stuff. So, as always, if you liked it, you liked it. Forever. Dog.
This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.